like that. It's my, <laughs> it's my phone. Okay, sorry. It's me calling you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm on. I'm on Bible. Now, in partnership with the new Westport Library and the Quick Center for the Arts and iTunes, it's Oh Brother, Not Another Podcast with me, Trace Burrows. Me, Migs Burrows, and our special guest today is Kathy Benowitz, who is the Westport Town Curator, or the Curator of the Town of Westport. I don't know how you prefer to, <laughs> how, what is, how would you prefer it to be? I think it's the uh, Westport Town Art Curator, officially. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, we should find, we should get out of the way. What, what does that encompass? What, what do you, what does the Town Art Curator do? Yeah. What are your responsibilities? Well, the one thing I, I don't have, and I wish I did, was an emergency light to put in my car for art emergencies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, one of those. You can get one of those. <laughs> yeah, the, that would be so, great. What's yeah. an art emergency? Yeah, what's uh, an art well, emergency? Coleytown Middle School was an art emergency oh, with right. the mold um, issue. Yeah, I mean, that was a one fateful day, um, you know, almost two years ago now, right? Um, and <clears throat> the school was closed and uh, you know, they were talking about all the mold, you know, impacting the classrooms and computers and pianos and this, that, and the other. And I called the school district and the superintendent uh, at the time and um, said, hey, how about the art? And everybody mm. kind of did a whoops. Because <laughs> yeah, we had over 80 works of art uh, in the building. Um, and so anyways, to to handle that, um, you know, we went, we were able to go over, but we also hired um, a team of professional conservators and we spent uh, a, a whole day in early September um, ex examining each work one by one. Mm. And, um, and in the end, um, there were, you know, quite a few works of art that were impacted um, directly, uh, you know, canvases, things like that, but also frames, frames had mold. Um, and, and honestly, we just got the settlement with the insurance company just weeks ago. Um, and the providers who did the, did the treatments were all paid and taken care of, but it's taken all this time to do that. And that was really, I think, a, a wake up call. Um, you know, and I have to, one of the things on my agenda as town art curator, um, because a, a curator is, a, is, the key, is the keeper, the caretaker mm -hmm. traditionally in a museum situation, is really to be aware of the condition, um, protecting it, um, you know, that it's displayed properly, but that it's also treated professionally and if in need of, when it's in need of repairs. Um, so one of the questions I, I kind of have on my list right now is, you know, how are schools being going to be disinfected going forward? You know, how are uh, our, our rooms uh, and spaces taken care of? And what do we need to do to either protect the art or move the art um, from those situations so that it's not you know, jeopardized by any sort of solutions and things like that. So, you know, this is all new, um, new territory. But even when it comes to the hanging of art, you know, we have a whole team of, uh, of volunteers through the Westport Public Art Collections Committee, and we hang art. And, you know, what is the protocol for hanging art? I've been talking to other curators um, and, and museum directors to find out what are the standards for other, you know, that are being implemented for handling, for, for social distancing, for wearing masks, mm. um, and things like this. Um, you can't just go in and, and you know, hang something anymore, mm. two or three people. So how do we do that? So these are all kind of questions in the post-COVID world that we're thinking about. 
So, um, so the town curator role really is an overseer, if you will. Um, I was appointed by Gordon Joseloff in his last year. Um, and Jim Marpy, our, our current first selectman, has been incredibly um, supportive of the, of the position, which sits on the Arts Advisory Committee, um, which I, I share with Migs uh, as a member. Um, and, you know, I work with the committee of volunteers that uh, are reps to all the built public buildings where our artwork is stored um, and help kind of guide larger picture thinking about education, about display, about um, conservation, as we've talked about, but also about, um, you know, acquisitions as well, what art comes into the collection and why. What, what kind of, um, for a piece of art to be considered, to be included in the collection, um, what are the considerations you have? Well, we, we have, um, well, one, um, is it something that we can physically take care of? Is it, can it be um, safely hung in a, in a public setting? Um, can we store it properly if we have to take it off view? Um, which, you know, because our, our storage situation is a little limited. So some three-dimensional things are, are a little tricky. Um, can it be, you know, what is its, um, what story does the, does the work of art tell? How does it feed into our Westport, uh, you know, cultural heritage? Um, but we have a lot of works of art by people that aren't from Westport, but maybe it has a link to, um, you know, an educational piece. It has a link to uh, environmental art or to foreign languages or to English. Um, you know, we look at, you know, what are those kind of curriculum ties that a piece of art can, can offer? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's really, it's really amazing what, um, how generous people have been over the, you know, almost 60 years that this collection has been thriving. We actually have, um, I think almost every Burroughs is, is in the collection. <laughs> yeah, well, Cause, yeah. Uh, cause Migs, of course, we've, we've got several of yours, not only lenticulars, but early drawings. Um, Trace, we have one of your 1965 abstract <laughs> pieces, which I'd love to get the backstory on Which that. Which he sold hundreds. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's I know. <laughs> I know. And then we have, um, I mean, the library, of course, has a, has a, a beautiful uh, drawing by your dad, Bernie. Yeah. Um, love to get a piece of his into the collection. So we could, you know, do that. And then, you know, Migs, your, your wonderful lenticular of your mother uh, is hanging at the senior center. So every, there's, a, there's, a, there's a finger, you know, a touch yeah. point for every member of your family. Well, we're honored. To, so for people who don't know, I mean, how, how big is the collection? Where can they see it? I mean, where, what's the value? I know you have some very valuable work. I mean, yeah. some, you know. Um, so we have about 1,800 works of art in, in the overall collections. Um, we, we now call ourselves the Westport Public Art Collections. And if you think of that name as a big umbrella, um, underneath that umbrella, are the Westport Schools Permanent Art Collection, which Bert Ch Ch Chernow started in around 1964, and, and Anne um, has continued to help support. There's the Town of Westport's Art Collection, um, and then there's the WPA Art Collection. So those are the, um, the three entities within this, underneath this umbrella. Um, and the largest by far is the, uh, the school district collection, um, just because the, of the nature of, of how the committee had been run. But we really are trying to grow the town art collection, especially with work by notable artists from Westport to really help build 
you know, a foundation that we already have. So that's something we've been really actively, you know, working on. Um, and, you know, so it's, dis it's displayed in every one of the eight public schools. It's uh, displayed at the municipal buildings, town hall, um, the Center for Senior Activities, which has a really an outstanding um, pre gallery presentation that we installed with the, with the expansion. Um, it's the fire station has some incredible murals by, um, uh, from the WPA by Ralph Boyer. Um, and park and rec, you know, and, as well as in people's offices and things. So it's it's for both the public enjoyment, but also it gives a you know a visually stimulating work environment for the for both the staffs of uh, the schools, but also of the town. And, and Patagonia, of all places, has one outstanding well, mural, right? Yeah, those two murals, as well as the mural that was in the former Banana Republic, are actually privately owned, oh. but they're but we keep an eye out for them, you know, um, and we, because they, they really are kind of community public art, if you will. Um, you know, I think that if anything were ever to jeopardize either of those, we would try to step in and, and, mm. um, and the um, WPA mural that used to be in the post Westport post office on, on post road there in the center of town. And then that those are actually not those. Were you able to yeah. save that from, well, those those actually were um, were not original treasury uh, murals. People have asked about that, um, but they they there was never any um, Depression era work done in Westport. Fairfield had a mural. Bridgeport has murals by Bridgeport Post Office has murals uh, by by uh, Robert Lambden. Um, but so that's a little bit of a misnomer about those yeah. uh, those buildings. The, the murals in that in that in the Westport. Remember, Chavitoff School had a big mural. Was that also? Yes. Because like, um, that's where it's right. That, yeah, that was the pageant of juvenile literature, and that you know that is a very um, important story because that um, that mural, from what I understand, and you can since you all went there, um, it sat be you know I guess over the auditorium doors maybe, but mm -hmm. by the principal's office and another administrative office. And so many people have talked about waiting to go to see the principal <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, lo and looking at Robin, you know, at, at Winnie the Pooh and you know, all the characters <laughs> that are in that. And they know them too, far too well, they said. But that was a very important mural because when that, um, not only as a, as a masterwork by Robert Lambden of, of Westport's WPA, but when that building was, um, was sold and closed to become, and redeveloped as senior housing, um, Eve Potts and her sister Molly Donovan, Ann Sheffer, you know, a whole bunch of people uh, formed this, this new committee called um, uh, the Westport Art Res WPA Art Rescue Committee. And they raised probably $60,000 in the 19, early 1990s from the community to safely take out those murals, um, have them professionally conserved, um, and then and then mounted so that they could be dis presented uh, at other locations. They first went to the Westport Library, um, and then with the library's transformation project, they were relocated to Staples High School. So they're at Staples now, um, outside the theater lobby. And you know that's probably the the second most community space we have in town outside of the library for people to see because uh, the public can go to concerts and uh, sure. theater productions and and so it's it's 
it's hanging there and it looks magnificent. Now King's Highway has comedy and tragedy. Is that right? Is that what that is? Yes. Those are by John Stuart Curry. They were done at the um, at the same time that WPA murals were done in the in the mid nineteen thirties, but they are not um, WPA murals. They oh. were uh, they were actually um, were a gift to the town from John Stuart Curry. And again, there was a public fundraiser done um, amongst citizens to raise money for supplies and materials. And he worked over one summer. Um, and had the, the facilities and custodial staff help them bring in the fresh plaster every day mm. uh, to create that. So it was created, you know, over over one summer. Um, and that is that is uh, probably our most significant work of American painting in the collection. I mean, it it is a nationally recognized. It, um, masterpiece. It, it freaked me. I went to Kings Highway in transition while Staples was being built and we got kicked out of Bedford on Riverside. Anyway, but so I, right. I, I as a kid, I mean, I, I just couldn't, it was so hard to comprehend like Mickey Mouse and all these <laughs> figures, these Americana kind of iconic <laughs> cartoon and other figures mashed together. It was such a mashup and the coloring wasn't pretty like a cartoon. So I had a hard trouble reconciling that as a kid. It's, yeah, yeah, I could see that. I mean, it's it's a very sophisticated um, yeah. topic for elementary school. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's tragedy. You know, it's all about theater and 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 popular culture. And you know, on the left is all tragedy. I mean, you have scenes from Macbeth, and you know, I mean, and you know, many uh, you know other kind of not you know, novels and that are brought to the stage, actors that are well known that at the time are in it. Um, and on the right, yeah, you have Popeye, you have, mm. uh, you have Mickey Mouse, you have Rose O'Neill, um, Cupid doll. And right. supposedly she is the only artist who helped him. She came in and actually mm. um, drew on the, on the, you know, drew the, and painted her Cupid doll um, in that scene. So that that is an, is a, it's interesting um, that those are, are are murals, but they're frescoes in the sense that they are they're painted into the plaster, mm. versus a wall a mural that may be painted on a surface or like many of the mm. WPA they were on canvas mounted on panel and then installed on a wall. So um, if those were ever needed to be moved, it would be. Um, I don't know what we would do. I mean, well, we grew up, you know, I don't know if Trace remembers, we used to, in the woods, we grew up 100 yards from Rose O'Neill's house, right? That big mansion. And didn't we find Cupid dolls in the woods or broken Cupid dolls? Or dad had, maybe dad found them. Maybe. I just, later on, when you rented it to Murray, the K and the Beatles stayed there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've heard. Like better known for that. Yeah, she was a fascinating character and an artist in person. I've gotten to know more about her. Um, in recent, the past year, because of the Westport Library's um, exhibit on, oh, yeah. um, on women's suffrage. Um, so I got into that topic because of the Westport artists that were moving here. And as I was learning about this first generation of artists that started coming around 1906 or so, and finding out about their partners and spouses and the, and the, the women artists and the, you know, everybody, I started noticing that they were involved in suffrage. So it really got me interested in, um, in that story as part of Westport's larger story. 
And um, Rose O'Neill actually a year ago was inducted in the um, Women's Hall of Fame at Seneca Falls um, for her suffrage activities because her cute little Cupid doll carried a strong political message about um, votes for mothers and, and women. Um, and she utilized it really um, tact skillfully and tactfully um, to get the message out. Well, it's amazing deep. I got this, the, the privilege of seeing it before COVID moved in, but uh, it's online now, isn't it? Carol Orgerpas put it online. Yep, Do you know what the beautiful, address is? Yeah, beautiful online it? exhibit. Um, it's probably on the library. If they it's on the library, library website site. under that. Um, yeah. You know, we can, yes, it's, uh, it's online. Um, we just, it's going to be extended to December to close out the year. So in the hopes that the public uh, will return to the okay. library at some point, um, it'll be available for people to see. And we've just been renegotiating all the loans and everything. So um, I'm really happy about that. Um, and that's yeah. a whole nother discussion if you ever wanted to, talk about that but it's you, um it's really keep, quite fascinating do you keep track of um how far back do you go keeping track of artists that have lived in westport well you know i have mm -hmm. i've been i've spent probably the last four years doing in, just independent work on um these first generation and i think the first artist that came to westport was neil mitchell who came here in um, 1888 um he was a marine mm -hmm. painter um who also uh studied uh and is in the National Academy of Design as a um, as well. And he married um, the uh, Agnes Lewis Mitchell, who was the um, daughter of the rector of Christ and Holy Trinity Church. And they, when they got married, they moved here. He was quite. He was a sky, scion, scion of of a very wealthy New York City family. Um, and he, his wife, helped. A, uh, actually found the suffrage league here. She was a poet um, and he was a, uh, was a painter. Um, and then the, the next group of people really comes in around 1904 with George Han Wright and, uh, um, you know, it, it's is kind Arthur of Dove the part of that? I mean, there's so, there's so many that, yeah. you know, and, but between before World War One, this is a flourishing community. And it's really interesting because the library becomes the focal point of their activities. Um, they, in 1911, they start mounting exhibitions um, to raise money for the library by selling the artwork. And this, it's the same group of women who are doing this that are running the suffrage campaign. Um, but Arthur Dove exhibited at the library, um, you know, many, everyone who was anyone um, and, and involved here participated. Well, it's, it's quite it's quite an important story for Westport. So the, like the 50s when my dad flourished with his art. Um, yes. And it was right before actually photography took over advertising. Before that, everything was drawn and illustrated and ads right. and everything. And so was that a, like another big surge of artists? Because it seemed like there were so many men from that period, famed illustrators. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was. I think in, you know, in the, well, there was another surge in the 20s where you have like Ralph Boyer, uh, the Howards, um, uh, you know, Robert Lambden. Um, you have a lot of writers that are moving in at that point too. But then after World War II, on the heels of that, you get this huge influx of your dad's generation. Matter of fact, I found an article um, that was from 1957 and it's this great um, article about 
all, I th that Westport artist, and your dad is at, right down oh. here. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah I, I scanned it. I, you've probably seen it before. But it was a time when the um, Westport Artist Group was formed, and he was the president. Right. Um, and it just talks about this generation of, mm. of artists that came in and worked from home like we are today, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> full circle, yeah. And commuted occasionally into New York as they needed to be. Um, there's only one woman in this group, though, in this picture. Um, her name was Suzanne McCullough. I don't oh, know that name. I don't, but, but it was pretty much a boys' club. We remember, I mean, you know, that's, nobody's yeah. around to, you know, they, they had their strippers at meetings and things like that. I mean, <laughs> they, they well, did. They call you, it a fraternity. Did. I mean, <laughs> you wouldn't believe I will say. <laughs> what? I will say that the one thing that kind of links these generations is the willingness to party and have a good time. Yes. Yeah, I think early on, I mean, that's, you know, this is what I think differentiates Westport from, let's say, Cos Cobb or Old Lyme. You know, th th those communities were artist colonies in which mm. artists came and were practicing under a same vision or school of painting. And, you know, here it was a myriad. It was a it was a mashup. Yeah. I mean, just to, just like some of these you know artworks we're talking about. Um, and they they were here as a community. I mean, and they supported each other, they mm -hmm. thrived, and they kept attracting other friends and colleagues from other places. And that actually, um, I think, has helped to create what Westport is today, because there were so many people that, that brought experiences from Europe, from other major cities, um, Chicago, New York, Philadelphia, you know, uh, Kansas City, I mean, all kinds of places. Um, and they brought pro progressive ideas with them. And they weren't a cookie cutter type. They came from different backgrounds, different economic and social and religious backgrounds. And they really, you know, mixed it up with the traditional Connecticut farmer, you know? Um, yeah, they were, you know, and, I remember uh, dad taking us to, um, you know, they had a writers versus artists softball game every Sunday at Greens Farm School. And oh, that's cool. It was very um, social. Yeah, it wasn't competitive. Everyone, there was cartoonists, obviously artists, writers. Uh, I mean, we didn't appreciate it then, I don't think. But, you know, in our house, it, sometimes it'd be six or eight of the most famous illustrators or yeah. artists in the entire country. But they were just dad's friends, you know, or playing poker with them. Yeah. Um, but I wanted which to ask is, you. Which is cool. But, no, in the few minutes we have left, they, I just one of the daunting uh, unsung heroes today, but uh, when the library moved, it's a, not enough time to go into it deeply, but to me, you, you accomplished, you and your team, one of the, the most daunting tasks of moving the art out of the library, moving, labeling, cataloging, wrapping, packing, moving, storing, and then doing it all in reverse. Uh, you want to briefly? <laughs> yeah, that? well, that, um, yes, I mean, that was a, a really fascinating project. I was actually um, hired by the library because um, I also do independent uh, projects and cur curatorial work. And, um, and it was such a big project that I worked very closely with Chris Timmons, who was their um, exhibits uh, director at the time. Um, and we, um, it, we made it a volunteer effort where we brought in artists and people who were experienced handling. And we did that. We, we took everything down. We cleaned it. We recataloged it. We photographed everything. Mm. Um, we, you know, we worked with professional art, art transport companies to pack, you know, to pack it and transport it to their, to storage. But it, it, 
it was fascinating because we all got to see see the art up close and and really you know take care of it and make sure that it was all accounted for and it made it come bringing it back into the library two years later um easier um because then you could you know you could plan ahead and and uh and arrange it but it, it was a really fun community uh -huh. project it was organized but we all you know every everybody had a job and we had a little uh, assembly line, if you will, yeah. as we went down the path from, you know, cleaning it to wrapping it in, in a special tissue to wrapping it in bubble wrap to labeling it. Um, and, no, it was a very uh, thoughtful from what I witnessed because, you know, somebody, anybody, yeah. not anybody else, but somebody may have just said, hey, look, hire, rent a U-Haul, just put it all in the back and bring it back when we're done. And it wouldn't have been, but you cataloged it, you cleaned it, you organized yeah. it so you know we also they also used it as an opportunity to reappraise it you yeah know? so it was all in order so um and and the library has some new plans that you know haven't been unveiled yet for for that catalog being online oh. you know that's something that we're actually working very hard on and with the westport public art collections is um you know the, the, that committee had always been forward thinking. And in the 1990s, um, they worked with the, uh, Jim Honeycutt of the you know, computer and technology department at, of, at the time at Staples High School to create an online database of the artwork. And that over time you know, became something that would lived on people's laptops and we tried to make it a, a web-based thing. And, and now it's online for people to look at, but we are, we're, we're, we're Entering the big leagues now, we were actually part of a much larger consortium called Connecticut Collections. So the whole database is going to be available to people across anywhere across the state, uh, country, uh, and it's going to be a professional collection management system. And it's really going to look great, um, and we're really excited about it. But that isn't isn't done yet. But by the fall, I think we'll be up and running. Um, well. This is great. I, we have about two minutes left. I don't know if this is too big a question uh, to capsulize in two minutes, but w what is the state of the arts in Westport as you see it? Oh, you know? you know, I think I think we're we're in a. I think we have a very solid foundation. Um, I I've been really fascinated to watch how artists and artist groups, artist collective and others have managed. Um, you know, in this time of COVID. Um, I think we've all, I know we've done a lot of online mini exhibits. Um, people, you have your artist of the, of the day or artist of the you know, week. Um, I think what, what, uh, what Dan Woog has done with his weekly column with artists coming in, I, I mm. of, of responding to COVID, I think has been terrific. So I know there's a lot of creativity happening behind closed doors and it's really going to be exciting when, we can all get together again to really um, see that and, and, and celebrate it. And I think we'll come out in a, in a more, a really unified place, I hope. Uh, so I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm confident. I'm, we've, I think we've all uh, found ways to share and communicate just like the, your program here. Um, and I think some of these will continue um, and we'll continue to learn from afar, but also learn together as well. Oh. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thanks so, so much, Kathy. Yeah, and, this is great. Uh, no, it's yeah. terrific. And uh, they can I look really at uh, westportarts.org, and there's a link to Westpac on that website, westportarts.org, and you go to Westpac and all the related links there. And 
there's a database of, of the art, a lot of it. So just to, you know, people get an appreciation of what goes into when they walk down a school hallway or in a public building and see art hanging there, it just wasn't magically arrived. There's a lot of dedicated people doing that. Right. Thank that you. That's terrific. You're welcome. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. All right. Have a